It does say we're live. Aw, I wanted it to be a surprise. <laughs> and yet, it wasn't. Aww. Well, welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. We uh, have a new toy. We have a new toy. What What are we doing? We're on Zoom. We got a makeshift green screen behind director. Yeah, so no, things totally are, are weird. It's probably because I'm playing with things and I don't know the program yet, but it's kind of cool. Also, it's expensive, so give us money. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, with Google Hangouts Live uh, kicking the bucket, we're looking at other alternatives, except they all cost money. So, uh, you can always go to our fine, fine links. Because, Benjamin, there? you do not have a video, just so you know. <laughs> people have no idea on the video stream, like, who's talking, because there's no indication I can see. None whatsoever. None. Well, I am a ghost then. I guess I should get to the previous <laughs> uh, previous podcast episode. Uh, well, uh, so we also have affiliate links uh, in the description. Uh, Drive through RPG does, in fact, have some Dresden Files RPG content and Dresden Files Accelerated, a fine, fine, enjoyable adaptation of the setting. Uh, and also plenty of other stuff. That'll be in the links below. We also have our Patreon. Not to, you know, uh, Not to rub it in your face or rub anything. Rub it in your face, but, you know, we're, we're look, because we have to go off of Google Hangouts, we are looking for a little bit of cash flow. That's pretty much it. We'll yeah, head on to our uh, cold days discussion, unless there's we, any news. Is there any news? I think uh, like a day or two after we did Ghost Stories, when they announced that Peace Talks is finally actually done. Oh, Yay! yes. <laughs> That's a little important, but, you know, yeah. who's yeah. counting? The it's, end. It's been long enough, but optimistically, I say Christmas, but realistically, I say my birthday. So we're I'm hoping for my birthday. Try pretty I'm hard for Christmas because, you know, more money. And how optimistic are we talking here? What month is that? November 29th. Yeah, so, that's pretty optimistic. Mm, I'm going to hope. I was going to say, I might as well just wait for Christmas then. Well, they've done so. The what we're basing this off of, right, is like the one that Jim and everybody, like even the publisher, hated was a three-month turnaround, right? And then realistically, it's usually around six to nine months. So I'm like, well, optimistically, let's put it in the six months then. And then I am hoping that due to the rabid fans, the publisher kind of steps on the gas and just gets everything out the door as fast as possible. Yeah, but I, if you rush a miracle, you get lousy miracles. So I'm, I'm totally. The miracle is already done. The book's already written. <laughs> yeah, but then they gotta pull out a couple of million copies out of you know the never never. And yeah, I was gonna say, otherwise everything we're gonna be talking about Seattle, Oregon again. I mean, we just, <laughs> but we really just need we need one copy Ooh, delivered please. to James Masters, and that's all. Like, that's it. That's true. <laughs> I, I disagree. Some of us. And then we can get that Audible affiliate link, and everyone has to sign up for Audible, and then we get money. Yeah, <laughs> I like this idea. Also, if you, if you have any, if you have any spare change, <laughs> we might set up a post box. It's just like put it in an envelope and send it our way. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will spend any money I receive on tacos. So please, instead, use the affiliate <laughs> or the Patreon link. I love tacos. That I don't. Awful. I don't think our monetization can support your taco habit. No, just, no, not nobody's <laughs> monetization can support my taco habit. Uh, well, okay. So we uh, can't let's send it to Scandinavia because the euro is too much. Got any of that Crunchwrap Supreme, man? <laughs> okay, I think it's time okay. to, to do my job and direct something and bags of cold days. But that would be nice. Which is the <laughs> playing with my toy sorry <laughs> okay started off justin because i said so
Harry's dead. The end. Oh, wait. <laughs> that was the last so, book. Harry's well, yeah, but he still kind of starts out, you know, mostly dead, and then it gets better. And I'm going to slip in as many of these freaking Princess Bride references as possible. Good. Especially early in. But anyway, so, I mean, the opening line is great because it's like being mostly dead is really hard on a guy. Um, but basically, he wakes up. Uh, Sarissa is there, who he discovers. They She feeds him. Mab comes in, is very tender and sweet, and then tries to murder him with a pillow. Well, or mostly succeeds, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's eventually able to throw her off. And then that's the beginning of his 77 days of attempted murders. Uh, so uh, basically 11 weeks worth of intensive uh, physical therapy with Sarissa as his, uh, you know, nurse. And then Mab as his physical therapist by doing everything from, you know, the classics, right? Putting snakes in your bed, bees. I don't remember all of them, but like- spiders. Right. Shotgun to the face. Yeah, one of the last ones was the shotguns that he he deflected without a focus, you know, stuff like that, which the book kind of, I felt like glosses over until like much, much later, he brings it up again when he's like, you know, somebody gets the jump on him and he's like, yeah, except Mab's been doing that for freaking ever, (laughs) so you guys aren't, aren't even a challenge, but, uh, at one point Mab, you know, tells him good, good, you know, very good. Uh, get some rest. I'll most likely kill you on the morrow. And he's like, you, a princess bride quote. And she's like, what's that? So <laughs> starts out with the classics, you know, just going from there. Um, oh yeah. So the, yeah, the shotgun scene, uh, what, there was a Malk with her that, you know, basically got the drop on him as well. And, uh, oh, he just, right. We can't just forget have, that this montage of 77 attempted murders is asked to be to walk by the Foo Fighters. And why walk? Because he couldn't walk. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, uh, he he gets out of it, whatever. And then he graduates basically like, you know, on on. Uh, well, it's not Halloween yet, but it's like a couple of days or a day before his birthday. Uh, and then basically introductions are made between him and Cat Sith, who is his Batman, not the titular character. Uh, you know, and then it's like, I forget what Harry says, but, you know, Cat Sith's response is, I prefer to think of it as managing your incompetence, you know. So he's he's Dresden's level of witty and he's evil and, you know, it's pretty good. So, uh, but basically, uh, you know, Cat Sith is there to kind of help Harry integrate into Winter and then kind of do things for him. Um, you know, he was given orders by Mab to follow Harry's orders and he gives Harry the same kind of sass that Harry gives Mab, which I think is good too, because Cat Sith basically like he makes it a point to do what Harry said he would do at the end of Cold or of Ghost Story, which is like, if you give me an order directly, I will just follow that order and you're going to have to fucking micromanage every damn thing that I do. Uh, and that's basically what he's going to get out of Cat Sith, which I thought was a great sense of irony for him why he gets a warm coke yeah (laughs) right warm coke who would do that how did you open it you don't even have thumbs (laughs) right uh yeah he's such a great character so uh (laughs) basically uh so you've got sarissa and cat sith get him ready for a party they get him all the inner exchange was like it tonight is a celebration of birth and here he goes who's yeah cannot possibly be that stupid right yeah right such a great line but it's like he doesn't know what fucking year it is let alone what day or month or anything so yeah 
Um, so yeah, they get them all dressed up and whatever. And that the whole, like whose birthday is it? And, uh, you know, take him to this party and it's a winter party, of course. So there's going to be all sorts of shenanigans, but basically going in, they let them know that there's two laws, uh, because it's Mab's court, right? So, uh, no blood, uh, can be shed without Mab's express command and no one may speak to Mab without her express command, which, you know, Harry's not really good at either of those things especially with like a court full of monsters. So, you know, why not? He's, I'm just surprised there's only the two things like the, uh, everybody makes a big deal about maps of chords, but they're probably like four pages back to front maybe. And just be like, you know, map will fuck you up is the bottom line. So anyway, um, so they walk him into this big empty room and then cat Sith does what cat Sith does and he disappears so Sarissa and Dresden being the vanilla mortals more or less uh, start to panic a little bit and then you hear a bunch of trolls and other monsters and creepy things out of the darkness yell surprise as Dresden almost starts blasting people because you know he's just spent the last 77 days getting jumped by Mab and friends so uh, Sarissa freaks out is like no bloodshed you know and barely avoids letting Harry be Harry for a minute uh, so it's pretty good times. Um, let's see. He runs into the Earl King and Santa Claus. Uh, don't forget Maeve and her first attempted murder. Okay. I was, I was going to get to her for sure. Cause I had Darth Barbie in here, which is another good thing. But yeah, don't so. forget Vajazzle. Right. That one. Yes. She's Vajazzled. And, uh, I, I don't remember all the details other than like the red cap stuff. Like, was there something else she tries before? It's sure. surprise. I, the surprise thing is like she tries to get him to attack. Okay, so that's that's her idea, and then and then he the uh, vajazzling. Yeah, she is, tries to throw glamour at him to get him to to go away with her instead of staying right. at the party, and uh, he turns her down, and she gets pissy, and then the red cap stuff. He does, but he doesn't just turn her down, right? Doesn't he make a reference to like it's my birth or not? It's not my blah, the the mm-hmm. um the wedding. Yes the werewolf yeah. wedding. So it's uh, like, you fucking borrowed. tried to mur- murder my friends. Like, I'm not leaving the party with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, so she does that. He calls her Darth Barbie, among other things. And then, uh, you know, she sulks off. Um, he links up with Eldest Gruff, Dar- uh, Darth Santa Claus, for some <laughs> reason. We're just going to go with that now. So <laughs> Darth Santa Claus and the Earl King. Uh, and uh, basically gets a little bit of, you know, like even Santa Claus needs to cut loose every now and again. So he he goes hunting with the Earl King at times. And uh, it's great because uh, Eldest Gruff is the one that introduces him, right? Because he's the prior acquaintance. And so, but the Earl King's obviously met him, but this is the first time he's actually met Santa Claus. So you get some of that. Uh I forget who it is. Uh, one of the three uh, realizes that Sarissa is no longer with them. Elder Scruff like points his knife. Harry sees it. Oh, Elder Scruff ear. like points his ears. Yeah. Right. And then uh, the Earl King's like, "I hate. I can't abide poachers or something." Like right. Elder nice. Scruff is fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's such <laughs> such a great character. Yeah. Uh, the little line about his fingernails were hoofy always stands out to me. <laughs> So like, well, really- and it's, you, you know, when he's making an introduction, because uh, the Earl King's like, you, you know, you these children. He was talking <laughs> about Sarissa, uh, Sarissa and Harry, because yeah, they're right. babies to them. 
there was the one little hint of uh, things that get revealed later of Elder Scruff's asking, does he know about your, and Sarissa interrupts him with like, it hasn't come up. Mm-hmm. And then Harry doesn't like ask about it, even though he makes a point of asking her questions. Right. Well, cause that would just be too much info to him. And Harry's yes. kind of dumb, so. Yeah, which is also a theme of this book, so. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so basically she's been grabbed by uh, a fairy who turns out to be the Red Cap, uh, who, you know, if you're not familiar with the folklore, basically he jumps and ambushes travelers and then dips his cap in their blood, you know, Red Cap. So um, he's there with some of his cronies and stuff, and they basically uh, get ready to... You know, they're, they're going to fight. Harry's trying to talk his way out of it and be diplomatic, but it's not really going so well. And then eventually, uh, Sarissa, she's got chopsticks in her hair, breaks one that has some steel in it and stabs, you know, the big brute that's got her. Uh, it slams her and basically she bleeds. And then, you know, we've now spilled blood in Mab's presence. Dude broke the rules, so. Not, not only does it, like, she spilled blood and it's like a faux pas, but literally, like, because it's against Mab's will, like, the, the ice cracks. It's pretty obvious that blood has been spilled. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So and there's this. Mab does this weird teleporting, color-turning, menacing figure of herself. Like whenever she's in black, she's there as the judge or executioner mm-hmm. or however it is, right? Yeah, that's well, something that he says in the next book. Whenever she's in black, somebody dies. Right. Yet nobody died there. The, no, the, the, the rawhead died. Yeah. Or the ogre, rather. Well, yeah. No, I, no, I mean, rawhead. You said he said in the next book, Because right? I think it's. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was just. Because, yeah, you know, he calls it her aspect of judgment. So when they have that powwow with uh, Marcone and her and and he lays out all the stuff that he found out about them because he's like she's like judging how they he did on his mission I guess yeah and what they orchestrated in skin game leading to Deidre's death and things like that so yeah you could yeah, right. say someone died in that okay. respect but that's just the comment he makes because the last time he saw her is at the end of this book yeah when there's right. plenty of death so since since Harry's the knight and he's you know responsible for ex- executing Mab's will, I was gonna I was gonna roll that differently, but it fits in this case. So uh, she basically gives him leave and and he you know freezes and breaks the ogre right. Uh, so then he follows it up with, "All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up," you know, which is a great Army of Darkness reference. But um, he kind of finishes it off that you know it, like he covers the basics like. I'm Harry Dresden. You guys are all fuck faces. No one gets to hurt mortals in my presence. I'm not going to pretend to try and change you or anything like that. But while I'm around, they're off limits. Uh, and then he finishes it off with zero warning, zero excuses, sub-zero tolerance. And so one of the she pipes up from like the, the crowd and he's like, what makes you think? And then That's Harry a- just is like, and Frigga Fazari. He's like, I'm very glad that you asked that. So I hope my answer has clarified any misunderstandings. <laughs> Anyone else? Right. It's it's just such a great, like, ruthless moment, especially, like, from Harry. You know, it's a little bit surprising, even considering, like, some of the other stuff going on. But then also, like, it fits right into what you would expect for the Winter Court. And Mab is totally cool with it is the best part. You know, like every time Harry just goes all the way to the hilt, either 
you know, intelligently or ruthlessly or anything like that. Mav just kind of gives him this what's up nod or something else to just demonstrate how impressed she is, you know, which is always kind of fun. So. I mean, she um, ruthless, right? So she's right. I mean, she outright says it this time. She says it was well done. And that's when she drops that little tidbit about Tamlin. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, no one, no one's handled them that way since the days of Tamlin. Yeah, so then she gets all pissed off at um, at Maeve and tells her to go wait at Arctis Menorah, which I'm kind of curious about the name and you know if there's any significance there. But well, I guess it would just wait, be Arctis Minor, right? Yeah, the lay, the oh, that makes little sense. stronghold or mm-hmm. whatever she's got. Yeah, but I mean, Tor is tower, right? So we got what yeah. Arctis yeah. Tor and then Arctis Minor. Okay. Yeah, for like so, the the minor it, queen. It, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Okay, make sure I'll, I follow that. Yeah. So, so she she tells Maeve off because they were operating under Maeve's orders, obviously. So Maeve's and he deliberately fall. exposed her during the proceedings. He didn't just go under the farce of working with the red cap. He said, "Why am I talking to you? This is the real person I need to be dealing with," and right. brought her into it. Right. So at the end, basically, uh, Mab dances with Harry and then gets all close and cuddly as you would with an ice sickle, an iceberg. And then she says, wizard, kill my daughter. Kill Maeve. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, that's dramatic and, you know, spoilery and stuff. So it's yeah, an easy task. I'm sure that's no problem. Mm-hmm. I think nice that, and simple uh, and direct. One of the things that I think is interesting about that is that it follows Harry being completely, perfectly aware of Maeve's own ambition and kind of loathing and hatred in her competition with the mother, uh, which I think Maeve later on tries to play off as uh, uh, Mab being sick, Mab needing help. You know, I, mm-hmm. she, she must be stopped. Kill Mab, right? She tries to redirect it, but we've already seen in the, in the uh, untested moment that Maeve is the sick one, and then we're told by Mab, uh, no, May, Harry is told by Mab, you have to kill her. So right. uh, it's it's set up and paid off almost immediately. And the, most of the book is Harry trying to realize what he already has seen. Well, she, I mean, she admits as much later on. She's like, you know, I have, you know, have no illusions. I want the throne. Right. Um, and then he has that talk later with Mother Summer even about weighing the cost benefit analysis of which one he's going to kill because theoretically. Because, you know, uh, he, sh- you know, he had shown the gates and imagine the world with Maeve in charge. Right. They talk about. Like, yeah, like, like it's, it's kind of an interesting argument from Mother Summer because it's like, okay, let's say that Maeve's right. Do you really want her to be right? And it's like, well, obviously not. But I mean, if, if Mab were legitimately crazy or as we find out later, like if she were the one that was infected, you still don't want her in the count, in the seat, <laughs> you know? So it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to off both of them? Like there's, if she had literally been the one infected, then, you know, like there's no way around it. Like you are going to have to take care of that. And, you know, Maeve is going to be there anyway, but yeah. Well, I think that's when he realized also, because, I mean, after that fact, he, he we don't really find out. He doesn't actually say it outright until the end when they're on the island where he's like, I'm pretty sure there's two fairy queens up there. Um, but I think at that moment, he kind of has that uh, a little more clarification because if Mab was insane, there would be no reason for the, the defense of the gates to be working as they were. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good point. I like it. All right. So... 
so continuing uh, at this point uh, in our little recap of an entire book. Right. He leaves the party with Sarissa and Kat, or Kat gets her for him and whatever. And they go to his rooms and they do this back and forth answering questions of each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically go back and forth. She reveals that she's Mab's, her uh, humanity Sherpa. And right, they go to movies and, you know, festivals and just whatever else and just hang out. You know, they go to concerts and, and whatnot. So um, and that she works mostly weekends and then, you know, with the exception of Harry's thing and says something like she's going to get like a year and a half off or something like that. to She make just up says months and months. But because the agreement is she spends one third of every or three quarters, three months out of every year. That was it mm-hmm. with Mab or doing something for her. So right. she spends three months or just about with Harry taking care of him. And there she gets all rest of the nine months of that year off. Gotcha. There and that go. she also says that as well, breaks when she was in school. So it equals out to about the same. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, they they go back and forth. I don't I don't remember any other reveals. I didn't note anything. So um some of it Well, she, she talks about Maeve having a form of congenital dementia. Obviously not saying names, she just says, I saw what happened to my older sister, and for as long as I remain myself, she has that bargain with Mab. Um some of the questions that she asks Harry seem kind of like what happened in death masks of like, why are you doing what you do? That's a really important thing to know because she's asking like, why have you ever killed someone or who is it that's important to you? And the first thing he thinks of is Karen Murphy. Mm -hmm. Right. But because she's winter too, right? Like a lot of this could be some behind the scenes stuff with which he doesn't even consider until much later in the book, right? But like Sarissa is all nice and sweet and all of this stuff on the surface, but she still survived her entire life ish Mm -hmm. in winter. So she's got to be cunning like we saw at the party or ruthless or both, you know, she knew that when she stabbed that ogre, like, you know, the very, she had to have known that there was very high likelihood of bloodshed, (laughs) you know, being the outcome. So she's still got that cunning ruthless streak just as yeah. much as everything else. Well, plus she brought cold iron into freaking Arctic tour. Right. So. Right. Be- because she's cunning and ruthless, you know, yeah. and had to make sure she had the right weapon. And, and the main thing oh. that she's going for in the conversation that she has with Harry and a couple of them is wondering if he's going to do the Lloyd Slate thing to her. Mm. Right. And also, Not- I, they, I believe she knows that Harry's tasked with killing someone. But and so she actually asks him, "Is it me?" Or he mm-hmm. says, "It's not you." Whatever it was. Gotcha. Yeah, she deliberately asks. Right. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Like, do they get to sleep, or does the job go like oh, immediately? No, it's, it's immediate. Yeah, okay. He summons Cat. Says in your right. closet. Yeah, so that right. leads right back well, to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. No, the portal in his closet. So the only way in and out of Ferry for the next 24 hours is in his freaking closet. What? Do you mean winter? No, I mean Ferry. Like all of it, you know, basically has most of the never never, at least the close parts on lockdown. Like that's that's a nice little tidbit where it's like, I want to see what the White Council did about that shit. You know, where they're like, what do you mean the never never is busy? Like, you know, you, you go open a portal and you get this dial tone or something and just be like 
what do you mean you can't open away? Like oh. nobody can open away for 24 hours. Like somebody fucking noticed. I guess it's the difference between fairy and the never, never. The fairy is the part that's closest to the human right. realm. Right. But it's not all of never, never. You don't think he passed through fairy when he got jumped by the giant spiders on his way to Edinburgh? No, he did. He's explicitly did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. But they, so they, I mean, they used the ways because that was the deal they made. Yeah. You mean that summer could, night probably right. still open a way to like Hades' vault. Sure. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it technically... But, but that's like, different. yeah, but that's like shutting down all the major freeways and be like, yeah, you could technically get around, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but mostly it's going to be a huge pain in the ass for, you know, the world, uh, at least the magical community. So um, let's see. Uh, some out of context notes that I'm reading through, but anyway, so uh, he basically, when he lands, you know, so to speak, figuratively, uh, you know, they've got the Munster Mobile. Uh, he finds out that uh, Leah's <laughs> Munster Mobile of- that was being driven by Toot Toot and the Zog Guard, whatever. Right, the Zog Lord's like, Guard. Who's driving that? And Captain says, "I suggest it be you." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Side note for the next book. I'm so sad we didn't see the Munster Mobile again. Right. I know it's it is kind of weird. Like we've we've got these two books so far where he hasn't quite set up roots yet. Right. So like there's all of this shift where we're kind of used to his gear evolving with him, you know, over the course of the series. And now it's just like, you know, I mean, he's not getting the Blue Beetle back, so he's got to have some kind of wheels like I thought this was going to be it. Right. We'll see. I think kind of the next book that we're getting soon, TM, uh, will will have more roots. That's the impression I got. I, and I'm sure, I mean, and we'll, we'll kind of see, like, he's supposed to be staying at Molly's apartment uh, and everything like that. But, you know, which for, that, which I think like for all intents and purposes is his apartment. Like, I don't think. Well, as far as she's concerned, maybe, but yeah. Well, did yeah. they say, and I, and again, I've, I never read the first chapter all the way through, but I think it starts, he's talking with Thomas on mm-hmm. the beach. Yeah. yeah, and it so takes it place only got back to the apartment after he's done talking with him and Ramirez. No, it ends on the beach. And right. they just have the apartment. Yeah, we just know from things that Jim has said that he's staying in Molly's apartment, kind of like he was in jury duty. And uh, yeah, in Zudex, they said that's where he was. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I do. I imagine if the the whole thing is this is, for lack of a better term, it seems like peace talks is probably going to end up being a bottle episode book where a lot of it's going to take place in, during the Accords in wherever they're being held. So I right. don't know that we're going to have a lot of transportation uh, ability either. That's that's a fair point. And I mean, we might be on the other side of where that's a problem, right? Like, you know, it, because this is more of the spooky side of the street for what Harry's dealing with. But the quote comes to mind from Grave Peril where it's like, look, Michael, the Lord doesn't arrange for me to be anywhere. I need wheels, you know, so... Um, but uh, he's basically bantering with Toot Toot and Toot Toot leaves him with the, the little nugget that again is going to come up multiple times in the book, which is you're barely human at all, you know, and it's like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have sent ch- shivers down my spine, but, you know, you're he gets human at all. <laughs> right. He just so... said, he sounds so happy about it. <laughs> Right, right. Well, but Tutu's happy about everything, right? Like when he becomes the winter emissary, it's like, we're winter now, you know, and just like always. It's like, we're running around murdering people now. Yay. It Except like, he doesn't seem to be happy about being big. Yeah. Well, he tries to launder himself and hold weights down and everything, but he keeps getting bigger. Right. 
because with great power becomes great responsibility. I'm sure and he seems to equate being big with being human. Could be. He does that a couple of times. Like maybe you're just too big to the understand she, winter law or something. The she is also more human than Tutu is, right? And they're like they're not that human, but they're more human than him in their personalities. And their I mean, relationships. They're still ogres and stuff, though, right? right. They're still That's like Charlie beasts that are bigger. So I don't think size is connected to humanness. No, but in his head, it, what I mean is, like, if he keeps growing in power and keeps getting bigger, from what I understood, it he would essentially become a, sh- a she. Well, yeah. If you go oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Origins of them, they the she were created, and they're probably out of what the fairies used to be. Right. So yes, that's what a lot of people seem to think he's going to end up as. Is kind of like his own version of a she lord. Right. Yeah, the level twenty two two. He he finally gets to be a big person. So gets gets to be doesn't really wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so from from picking up the car, basically his first stop is to kick in Butter's door and go steal Bob, and uh, get roughed up by Andy and vice versa. So. <laughs> I would say reappropriate. Steel is such a such a loaded word. Steel is appropriate because he wanted it to be like reported like a burglar, so that you know Butters and Andy you know weren't considered to be a part of it, right? So he kind of explains his reasoning. Again, this is Harry kind of being stupid, and in you know from like an external point of view right like everybody knows that he's working for winter now and so everybody's just waiting for him to turn into slate even though he's he's barely been on the job you know three months now you know let's count the physical therapy whatever this is his first real job and everyone's like oh my god he's a murdering you know murder hobo and it's like or i've been awake for 24 hours and i'm just getting shit done you know um but andy basically attacks him like full out wolf gets a gun, you know, just the whole everything. Um, but Harry breaks a couple of her ribs because he's got super strength now. And, uh, you know, he kind of explains the whole, like, you know, he's he's the one, you know, he's breaking into it so that they had, like, plausible deniability that they weren't helping him uh, in case Maeve's people came after, came after them. Which they inevitably do and don't care whatsoever. Right, right. That works yeah. out well. Because it's winter, they're not going to think about it too much, you know. It, like he's he's trying to set up all this stuff, right? And they're just like, whatever. You you once knew him, like they'd go after like they'd go after his fucking mechanic if they I was thought it'd... Say, it's funny. You would think <laughs> winter being the supposed to be the cold, calculated one, they would think about this more. But like Maeve, I mean, granted, look who's leading them. But Maeve and her entire retinue are just like reactionary, stupid right? People. And and that really struck me this read through and, you know, maybe some of that is like, so think, think of thinking about this, right? So we know she's infected, how many of the rest of them are. And, you know, I would assume more than one just because, you know, they also get the drop on Cat Sith and get him infected later, spoilers, you know. So it's just like, you know, it's very likely, though, I think the Red Cat's just stupid, right? He's not cunning per se he's just an ambush predator well he thinks he's cunning yeah exactly yeah so and you kind of get that from the she at the end as well in my opinion like they are completely waiting to see what what lily and uh, mave are doing before they respond whereas like fix and dresden and everybody else has some initiative you know so 
Yeah, well, uh, the knights would would theoretically. Right. Well, at least that's what Mab wants, which is why she didn't like beat up on Dresden when he lipped off to her and you know said that he was going to do things his ways. Like that's exactly what she wants. She's just going to do everything she can to make sure that your way is her way. But she's not well, theoretically gonna... fixed wood too. I mean, because at least based on what we know about Ronald Rule, I mean, he was pretty. He was able to take his own initiative. He even took all them in, and they were winter changelings and stuff. So, right, right. They're mortals. They get to do a little more. Since you bring up uh, Maven or Retinue, one of the details that really informs uh, a reread of Cold Days for me regarding that is. Uh, in cold case, Molly talking about Maeve shirking her duties, which is kind of just just what that story is basically about, right? But right. Uh, I think part of what plays into not realizing that uh, the ladies actually have their own specific duties is that whenever we run into the winter or summer ladies, there's no real clear purpose for them to exist other than as vessels of power who sometimes work closely with uh, the respective knights. Um, I don't really even have a strong idea of what the summer ladies' duties are. Uh, even after thinking about thinking about this question and thinking about it, so I wonder. Uh, and that's the cold case could be a little bit of a you know a little bit of retcon to kind of de- deepen the story, but it really gets at just how uh, just how uh, separated from her duties and how f- separated from reality. Maeve is uh, in the context of cold cold days and earlier. Right. We're not really shown until like we don't we don't even really we only know very little of any of the queen's responsibilities. We know a little bit of what Molly has to do now because of that short story. We know sure. We know kind of what what Mab's responsibility is, but there's probably way more than just that. And we really don't know what the mothers do with anything other than mother summer safeguarding very dangerous diseases they guard the cottage for them and they meddle like mofos man come on so we don't know what their purpose like their actual mission statement well i mean if you take uh summer has always been described as the check the counter so tanya is literally mab's one for one equal so if mab ever does go dark side they kill each other basically and restore the balance my guess is the summer lady is probably a check in the same way but they work more closely together one because they're the quote-unquote weakest of the queens so they'll be able to be in reality on earth without screwing everything up more than mav and the mothers and titania would because they can't stay for but so long and two she would probably check you know winter's worst impulses where you know the cold and calculating version of the lady might see okay we can decimate this city and end the threat and the lady in the summer lady will be like well maybe we can figure out something a little different here in the in even before cold case and even after cold case i think the strongest simple visualization or uh understanding what the ladies are for is in that they are apprentice to the queen and they're to help kind of go up the rungs of power if something happens to mother uh, summer or mother winter, then the queens get boosted up, but so do the ladies. So to have somebody prepared for this as a vessel, while while actually having some amount of Will summer winter always? power and summer winter duties, is I think kind of oh, the sure. Truth. There's, there's no. I mean, that would be the case. No, no they had more explicit would, roles or not? I would think. Would it would it always be a lady that becomes a queen? Yeah. What if there was? It's another? linear movement. 
What if there was a, a prepared vessel closer that's also prepared for winter? They would become the lady then. Awesome. No, I, I would imagine it would be the it's, if if it will always be no matter where like how close the lady is to the mother or the 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 queen when it happens, then I would imagine that the the new map would temporarily hold both mantles and then give. Well, the I other. mean, they say that at the end of this book, Molly. If if Fairy killed her, Molly would have gotten that mantle. But then that mantle would have superseded it, and they would have had to find a new lady. Obviously. I mean, Mab says as much at the end. You've handed her enough problems without handing her my mantle, too. Yes. I mean, it, that's that's what it is. The lady gets the... It's it's not quite... Like, the knight snaps back to whichever is the closest representation of the queen to it, like, by actual physical proximity. But the queen ones are a little... You know, it's like, lady goes to prepared vessel, uh, and then upward. Well, and, and I mean, that, that kind of comes down to the most prepared, right? So if you've got a mortal prepared vessel for lady and you've got the lady prepared, obviously, for the queen, it's just going to go from the lady to the queen. You know, she'll be promoted to the queen. And then obviously the, the new vessel would be the mortal. The other thing is, I believe there's a word of Jim talking about how mantles fill cups, metaphysically speaking. And so you can't have, you know, two two mantles at the same time, usually. there. I, I never understood the analogy entirely because it seems like there are some shenanigans, but it made a little bit more sense this read through. So well, I think it's, I think it's, because that one was talking about Harry and the potential of him getting um, something like the Winter Lady Mantle to become the Winter Lord. And right. um, since he was kind of, one, not prepared, so his vessel theoretically wouldn't have been ready to accept it. Right. Um, it would. The, the reason why I feel like it, the explanation did never make sense is because Slate was technically, he had both mantles, didn't he? Or did, no, they, because they put the, they put the, the mantle on Lily first, didn't yeah. they? And then, uh, and then well, that it was a summer, that was a summer night mantle. Yes, but the, what I was saying is that there was two mantles in play, right? That I thought Slate at one point had both, but no. they they've given it to Lily instead. Yeah, so right. that's he thought that's he was going to get it. That's what, that's what Aurora was telling him. You know, you'll okay, get that's power what you'll become. But we know also from Word of Jim that he basically would have imploded because those two mantles don't mix. Right. It, it was just the, the right kind of lie for a person like Lloyd Slate. So. Right. Maybe I mean to add mm -hmm. some. Some, some more nuanced Lloyd Slate. Maybe the reason he wanted the the Summer Nights mantle was that he wanted to get rid of the Winter Nights impulses, but he couldn't live without a mantle because his body was, you know, fucked up from being Winter Knight. Maybe. Um, well, I mean, they, she seems she indicates that he's going to get both. So he, he doesn't. He just seems to want to be free of Winter's control, but he also wants power. Maybe now I want to read that again because maybe he wants to be free of those impulses that Winter gives him, like Harry gets those impulses. No, and more more precisely, he probably wants to be free of Maeve, you know, because yeah. Maeve is keeping him drugged up and manipulated. I he was a thug like that before he was the Winter Knight. That doesn't so, mean he wants to get played. Doesn't mean a character can. Oh, sure, no. Like I think he wants to get free of Maeve or Mab and that type of control that's over him. But it the impulses don't seem to be as much of a problem for him because it seemed like he was that kind of person before he even took the mantle. Right. He wants to be his own villain, not yeah. their villain. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, here's the here's a quote. It's uh 
Slate gave me a cold smile. That old bastard rules power for one thing. I'll be twice the night I was before, and then I'm going to settle some accounts with that little bitch Maeve. Yeah, so who told him that now is my question, because if a fairy told him that, they should know how the mantles work, which means that was a lie, right? Someone like Lily can easily oh. mislead. Well, I was going to say Aurora at the time, almost certainly. Aurora, that one. lie. But yeah. she wasn't infected, right? She, she was. was. She was infected. Okay. Right. That doesn't mean she, she crazy. necessarily was, was lying. That's a little squiffy still as to whether or not infection lets all say liar. That's just because the way they made it sound. Yeah. The way it's described in this book is that's what, you know, it did for Maeve because that's essentially what she wanted. I think whenever someone was acting against their nature, like directly against, that means they have to be Nemeth, like Nemeth, like, like a right. war watcher. It was Aurora not want. It was Aurora going against the balance. It was Leah going against Mab and her station. It was Maeve being able to lie. It it sort of preys on your, for lack of a better word, I guess your greatest desire. It seems interesting, or your greatest weakness, if you want to call it that. All right, so we got fifteen minutes, right? So we're going to finish out the book in the next 15 minutes. Listen closely. I'm going to go fast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, so Harry kicks in the apartment door. They have their shindig. He gets away with Bob, you know, gets away mostly because Andy lets him, um, Bob and Harry talk. We find out finally, like they make a reference to this all the way back, like all the way back in, in either grave peril or, or summer. It's, night. it's mentioned a couple of times that Bob is scared of Matt and hiding from her. Right. So we finally find out that it's because Bob knows how to kill an immortal, which is kind of important because Harry doesn't know how he's going to kill an immortal that he's just been told to kill like 15 minutes ago. Uh, and basically it all comes down to mantles get a little shifty on Halloween. And that's the whole point of Halloween and why the the costumes are, you know, incorporated and everything like that is because. So it's the classic, like we're hiding kids from, you know, supernatural creatures and whatnot. And it's because Halloween's a masquerade because the reason why immortals can be killed is that their mantles can pick up new energy, which I would imagine if you introduce the right kind of new energy, like a kinetic weapon to the forehead, then, you know, the, the vessel dies and then the mantle moves on and whatever, but they, they can subtly trade power, get more powerful or, or eat children to get more powerful. If, If mantle can absorb energy, like, on Halloween, would a winter night take a summer night's mantle on Halloween specifically, and take no, the power into... explode. But if it's like that's why they kill each other on Halloween because they can take each other's power. So the... no, they well they call it, uh, they take little bits. He says mostly it's not usually a big blowout where somebody is like absorbing a dark hollow. And think of the win- the wild hunt. It's it's not like Kringle is trying to take anti Kringle's mantle. He's just trying to gain more power of the things in the area, more predators, more of what he is. They're necromongers. They keep what they kill anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe being a starborn has something to do with being born on Halloween. Isn't that one of the biggest things? But if if Elaine's a candidate, then it really, because she's a few months before or after him. I thought Jim said that she was only a few days off of him. And maybe that's why she's almost. I mean, it yeah. seems it seems to me that Starborn is related to being born around Halloween. Would you say that it had to, something to do with the alignment of the stars, aka when they were born? You know. Yeah. Well, it's described as a confluence of of energies and events, so I think it's more than just being born on Halloween. That has to be one of the things. Well, 
It might be, but again, Elaine wasn't born on Halloween, so. Right. All right, so after they're talking and everything like that, I'm pretty sure the duffel bag bomb falls out of the sky at this point, and then the little people attack uh, while they're having their conversation. So uh, basically, you know, like the bomb falls out, but it turns out that the car has been reinforced and armored, which yay fairies for paying attention to details like that. And they, kind of, they you know, I mean, back out. He's a competent lackey. Batman. Yes, he's a competent Batman. You know, like all Batmen should be competent. Uh, anyway, so it's it's kind of funny that, you know, Harry gets attacked by the little folk because that's his favorite tactic, and they actually use that against him a couple of times in this book. So There were nails um, exploding and fish hooks, and he was at the point of, like, I am not using my death curse on little fairies. Right. Uh, yeah, and then he's not even supposed to be here today and all of that, and then the cats save him from the little folk. The uh, big cats. Yes, but it's Molly. So um, she knows where to find him because reasons. And she tells him that the little folk are easily startled, but will soon be back and in greater numbers. So they skedaddle. Uh, And then uh, they go to Molly's apartment and you get a little touch of, you know, what happens in bombshells with the whole she bought the place with honor, which is just a great wizard explanation for I'm not going to tell you right now. Because uh, Molly's totally becoming a full-fledged wizard, whether they like it or not. So um, she she lets Harry know that she's been going to Demon Reach, which is all sorts of disturbing and crazy. So I'm kind of curious. Like, I don't think it's ever mentioned what she was doing there, right? Just that she was going. So I'm sure Leah has something to do with it. Yeah. But, what yeah. I imagine is once uh, Leah gave the slip that Harry was alive and maybe might want to check out that island because something weird might happen to it or just trying to get things set up for Harry, a lot like the spare bedroom and all the extra clothes and things. Right. Just uh, making sure that things are right. Also, if Molly's a sensitive, who knows how uh, far back the like first weird things of whatever the attack of going on the island might have alerted her. The temporal wave, yeah, because yeah. I forget Molly's the one that tells him that the island's going to explode, you yeah. know, and take out most yeah, of the Midwest and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Veteran does say that it has to happen pretty much close to the actual event, which is why it's growing the, only the past couple of days. But I mean, she doesn't specify how long she's been going there. Right, right. And I think that was part of my confusion too, because it's like, I mean, there's only a three-month window where he wasn't present, you know, so. No, it's longer than that. It's just three months that he was in rehab because he was deadish and stuff for a while longer. When does Ghost Story? Well, yeah, because Ghost Story takes place in December, right? Or thereabouts. No, 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 Ghost Story takes place in May. Okay. And then May to October. Six months, basically. Yeah. Yeah. With three months of rehab because the other three months of comatose. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I don't remember anything else going on. I mean, Molly's still got a torch, like the fucking like Statue of Liberty for Harry. She's got a room set up for him, even though it's her apartment. She's got all these clothes for him and stuff that he gets changed into. Um, and then they go to the... Uh, Water beetle. Yeah. Um, and so. uh, they startle Thomas awake and he tries to beat the shit out of Harry because he's mad I that mean, someone is impersonating his brother. This he mostly reminds me so much of the last time Harry went to the boat without saying anything to Thomas. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Like, there's no like, way Harry would be here with a woman instead of his dog. There's no way Harry would be here because he's dead, because my brother would have told me. Right. <laughs> it's such a great thing, because I feel like as he's saying the words, like the realization starts to creep in that maybe it really is. And that's so he starts digging back like a brother. You know, he's just like, no, because if he was alive, he would have fucking called me. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Uh Let's see. Uh, yeah. And then so that they find out that Thomas, the reason why Thomas is there and sleeping on the boat is because, quote unquote, Molly called him to tell him they were coming, even though she's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> They're all like, well, that's just weird shit, but we don't have time to worry about that right now. So it's Mab being helpful in her own way. Right. And then uh, after, let's see, after Thomas beats up on him, he sends him halfway into Lake Michigan, if I remember right. Like he blasts him. Remembering a a moment back when, when they were building the pier in the first place. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because he's like, because I had to, because he's my brother. So. (laughs) All right. Uh, Lake stuff is the island and all its secrets and stuff. Right. Wait, I don't raid a machine gun? No, you don't, because you can't shoot. So, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they they go to the island. Harry finally looks at the wards. Like, he's been to the island how many times, and only now he's looking. And part, part of it's Bob, for all fairness. But Bob's finding out that there's, like, you know, millions of wards on each rock. And, you know, that it's... Which you is know, impossible. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. So, you know... But somebody uh, doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, when Bob tells you it's impossible, like, it should be. So... I'm I'm kind of excited, hoping that we're going to get a little bit more of Merlin's shenanigans later and, you know, maybe find out some of this. But I mean, we know, obviously, from the explanation later, later that when he talks to Demon Reach, you find out it's been built in four dimensions and a few other things. But still, like, even some of those explanations, it's like, but you can only put so much energy into so many objects, you know, type of stuff. So, um. Yeah, they find out that the well is under attack or soon will be, and that's why it's going to explode. Yeah, after they do the kind of abrupt pulling the rug under out of under Harry thing of like this is a Negloshi in crystal. Right. And the whole place has all security. Yes, minimum security. And everything else is worse, and there's tons of them. Also, someone's throwing a rock tomorrow, but you're feeling it today. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many more details, right? So, like, Merlin built Demon Reach, we kind of know that. There's six Negloshi in those crystals, rating, quote-unquote, minimum security. There's one to two miles of tunnel of more crystals with everything ranging up to house and building size. And there's 12 identical hallways. Yeah, 12, but doesn't it change to 13 later? I I think there's 12 other hallways, including the one they're in, so 13, right? It's mm. like, holy crap. But the, but the, that's basically what he said is like 12 other identical hallways, if I remember right. So because 13 is the magic number and 13 is probably as many as he could make because magic, right? Because that's the whole. Well, actually, it is the magic number, but he actually just says 12. He doesn't say yeah. 12 others. Yeah, I thought okay. he was just kind of, kind of like a, a small chamber type thing. And then there's 12 hallways coming off of it. Yeah, he says, because right. why, why is one, one hallway with like dark nightmares isn't good enough? I had 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. So, but in skin game, I thought it turns to 13. We'll find out. Right. It might have when he's running through them. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, 11 more of them because one infinite tunnel full of horrors obviously wasn't enough. I had 12. I got you. There you go. Yeah. 
I mean, I just issue like Seattle, Oregon. I'm just gonna say. I that. just love that uh, that whole interaction with Bob going from really scared to really cheeky because he needs him now. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, while they're in there, Harry starts getting a headache, right? And then Demon Reach growls and the headache goes away. And he's like, what the hell is that? And it was the parasite. And the parasite bargained with Demon Reach not to be told, uh, not not to tell Harry about it, basically, which is like super fucking weird because in hindsight, right, you know it's Bonnie and you know that like all of these other details but at the time you're just like what the fuck is in his head and all this other stuff but it's it's almost weirder now knowing because it's like why did she bargain to not be known because right. she was out anyway <laughs> I don't, you you can never predict with harry how he's going to react to things and he's had especially when he know finds out what that bean is made out of she might not. And honestly, I think she was probably a little too inexperienced to do the bargaining. I'm pretty sure his id was doing it on her. Well, why would his id not tell him? Because right. it takes a, a, every opportunity to beat him over the head with obvious truths. Well, because, I mean, like his id says in the next book, they can't talk a lot because he ignores him. So why would he want to risk that Harry's going to do something rash to a thing in his head that he doesn't fully understand without getting a chance to converse with them about it? And I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like, I don't buy it, especially because we know how it works out, right? With the whole, like, he didn't. He basically, he just needed Molly to take it out of his head. And that's all that happened. And then he immediately put her in the backup skull that he had made for Bob. I guess it's true that he didn't have a backup yet, but if he knew what was there, then he would have made one. Right. You know, like, I, I mean, we could well, go with that. It would have been. I mean, a you remember in the next book how people are describing the parasite. Who was who was his id and Bonnie going to trust to describe her correctly in a way that's not going to get her killed? I, I'll, I'll raise this one more meta level where I think it'll make sense. I don't think it was the id or Bonnie came up with the idea that Harry might do something. I think Mab told her that it's entirely possible to Harry wants you out and he's got no place to put you, which means you'll die. So you should do this. And then Bonnie negotiated. That's fine too. And it forces his hand later to do what she needs. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because that, that sounds way more plausible, but yeah, when Harry's like, okay, wait, what's this, what's this parasite thing? And then demon reach says, ask, grasshopper which i find very fucking weird too because how does he know that smalley's nickname and like i know they've been there and whatever but but like it's the connection between demon reach and harry is like this is what molly is she is the apprentice she is the fun grasshopper so the fucker can't tell harry it's gonna explode but it can say things like ask grasshopper you know (laughs) like well, that's directly like tied to the health and well-being of its warden. So he might be have a little flexibility there. Right. Yeah, I just, I find it very weird because they have huge problems communicating. Like, mm-hmm. psychically demolishes Dresden, spiritually annihilates him, and then comes up with Ask Grasshopper, which is like three levels of, I don't know, anyway. So I thought... Well, that, or I thought if that, we go by your theory that Mab's the one who did the bargaining, then she told him. <laughs> right. You know only molly can fix it but specifically called her grasshopper because it's not just that he knows molly right it's that he knows her nickname that was the part that well he like, might have gotten to say i mean she did say she was going out there we just had that discussion she might have gotten that's true a better sense of what she is right in right. the past few days yeah i always kind of took it like i don't know just that demon rage accepted that this is what molly is and that she's going to stay that way essentially 
the connection between them is that form and it's not going to change much, at least according to Demon Rage. Right. All right, so we got a couple of minutes, so let's at least try and wrap up what we've got here. So basically, once they go down their 12 flights of 12 stairs, they go, they sprint all the way back up, and then they have movie time. Uh, so basically, this is where Demon reaches dumbing it down to Bob, and then Bob's got to figure out a way to dumb it down to Harry, and it took throwing a rock at the island before Harry finally got at it. You see what I'm working with? See what so, I'm working with here? <laughs> but first, he casts Alakinus. Right, yeah. And, and Harry tries to interrupt a couple of times and he says, shush, or you'll go to the special hell. And Harry's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to not get the references. So, yeah. Uh, so, okay, I've got a random tidbit in here for, for the the spell thing, right? So, because after this, they get, the, like, sunrise is coming and they have to flee, right? So it begs the question, where is Mab physically locking Fairy down from that Harry has until sunrise. Sunrise Australia time, or obviously sunrise Chicago time, but how does yeah. she tie that in there? She's she can't never, get never. to Chicago until sunrise because she gets domain overnight and ferry. So once sun, summer sunrise comes, then she has to relinquish it, but she can block them off from getting to Chicago. Right? I mean, I guess, but Fairy was locked down for 24 hours, which includes at least 12 hours of daylight. Right. I mean, so there's that too, obviously, right? Because that's that's a little bit of an interesting tidbit. But yeah, the whole like sunrise is coming and it's like technically sun, from from a metaphysical perspective, it's always sunrise somewhere. Like that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, so just one of those things where I was like, I'm, I'm going to poke this because it's here. Yeah. Maybe well, that's we like kind of the connection them. between the, the like time and place are kind of the same thing if you look at it right. I mean, but not to Mab, right? Well, like she's locking Fairy down from inside. So what is sunrise to her in the mortal world? That's what I'm saying, right? Because because we're taking it from Mab's perspective. Like she's on the outside, she's looking and she can well, see. I'm sure she head. still knows. I mean, even if it's not of consequence to her in her everyday life, she can like be like, yeah, sunrise in Chicago. I'm aware of what that is and when it will come. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, fix. Got to be a limiting factor to her, at least a little bit, because she's a queen of air and darkness, and like it. Yeah, but it's half of the world has got the sun on it, so she locked down all of it. It's a natural process. Just because her elements are, you know, air and darkness, doesn't mean she doesn't understand what sunrise means and the implications of it. No, I know, but then, but we're we're getting away from the fact that she locked down all of fairy, but I like the idea that it was only to Chicago, but that doesn't necessarily equate to what they said right like you know well, but plus, I, that wouldn't I, really help because i mean what if you just teleport outside of chicago limits and you just i mean how long is it going to take a ferry to get to inner chicago like an hour it depends right. like if if she shut down the whole midwest perhaps mm-hmm. until sunrise then it would take them a couple of hours to get there maybe that would get to sunrise um or whatever I think I think the part where I'm going to let it slide for the making sense in Chicago is because the portal was touching Chicago, right? So one end of the portal being in the mortal realm being in Chicago versus the rest of it being in lockdown fairy. Then and that- Sith says not 24 hours. He says all of fairy is on lockdown until dawn. I thought there was like, they start out by saying 24 hours though or something. Okay. Um, but no. Okay. It says until dawn, so that it still makes sense. 
Gotcha. Anything else we want to cover? Because that's pretty much time. Nah, let's break here. What part one of five? Yeah, we made it like three, <laughs> three chapters in. So Wonderful. do the plugging. Well, thank you for listening to the Dresden Files podcast. Uh, we just covered like uh, cold five days. chapters or something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Three chapters of Cold Days. Uh, we'll go on to uh, part two uh, next time. Thank you for tuning in. We have a bunch of other podcasts as part of the Broken Jai's network. We have, well, Andreas, let's have you plug your own podcast first. We have DMs Anonymous, where we talk about all things role-playing games as from a uh, Dungeon Master's perspective. Yeah. Uh, what did you uh, cover last week? What do you cover next time? We covered character creation, and we're not sure about the topic for next time. Oh, well, we'll look forward to it anyway. Uh, we have also uh, Great Scott about The Office. That's coming up. Uh, finally, they've had a, pretty much an, ep- they have a, an episode on every episode so far, almost. They're coming up to the end of the show in the last couple seasons. Look pretty exciting. We also have High Fantasy on Hiatus. We also have uh, Sim Talk, which is a completely professional production about professional simulations in the professional environment brought to you by the professional broken jars network uh let's see what else do we have oh yeah and don't forget to click down in the description below for patreon links and drive through rpg stuff you can get jason files uh rpg supplements and uh other rpg stuff for the dms anonymous i think that's it yep. is that it did i yep. cover everything okay <laughs> so we said the words we're ending the podcast now